Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cliff Notes on the Global Manufacturing Picture. I'm Cliff Waldman. I'm the host of this show, one of many on Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are in live air today, and we have, uh, it's hard to believe that it's April already. Uh, we have some interesting guests coming up. Next month, I'll be talking to a very respected uh, analyst of the automobile sector. And we're talking about the uh, the great number of changes happening in that industry. For that today, it is very, very hard uh, right now to get away from the global picture, and that's what I'm going to review today. My headline and takeaway from this podcast is that I believe that there is a significant and growing risk of a downturn in U.S. manufacturing growth during the second half of this year, of 2022. And I'm going to justify that. We have to look at a very difficult picture. For right now, the latest data are good. U.S. manufacturing demand has been healthy. U.S. manufacturing output growth was a very healthy 5.4% in both the fourth quarter of 2021 and the first quarter of 2022. Data from the Institute Supply Management, the Institute for Supply Management survey of purchasing managers, widely followed, points to somewhat slowing demand, but still, still very healthy uh, demand. Now, if that's where the story stopped, U.S. manufacturing would be in good shape. But the global risks to economic and manufacturing growth are collectively. In the totality, like nothing any of us have seen in a generation. I talked about this earlier in the year. I talked about it myself. I talked about it with my talk radio colleagues. But if anything, since then, in just a few months, the global risk matrix has intensified. Let's back up a bit. It's fair to say that we have been amidst a historic, historic period of shocks. Go back to 2019, a trade war, a pandemic, massive supply chain disruptions, historic labor market disruptions, a 40-year high in inflation, and a disastrous war in Europe. And it's important for people to understand that this isn't just a laundry list of crises. These are all intersecting dynamics, a tapestry that are generating a very difficult global economic picture. How so? What do I mean by that? The trade war, the pandemic, and underinvestment in critical uh, inputs, such as semiconductors, have generated massive global supply chain problems. You, You all are living with those every day in one way or another. While the uh, Institute for Supply Management demand data certainly have been strong, those same reports have consistently alerted us to a a number of very difficult supply issues. Now, supply chain dislocations, along with labor market shortages, and the Federal Reserve, which kept stimulative monetary policy in place, frankly, for too long, have contributed to the worst inflation in the United States in four decades. Many business people working today have never experienced an inflation like this. A newly hawkish Fed, one that is starting to get it 
and is very determined to stamp out this very high, very difficult inflation, creates a recession risk in the U.S. Normally, when the Fed has to stamp out inflation that's this high and that has gone this viral, as Larry Summers has pointed out, it often doesn't have a happy ending. Add to this Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That has that disaster, that humanitarian disaster, has aggravated the global supply chain problem and thus the global inflation problem. And the sanctions that the Western countries have put on the Russian economy could very well create shocks that threaten global economic growth. All of this collectively adds up to a wall of worry, a tapestry, as I'll call it, of risk. The latest data and latest series of events show an intensification of risk. The latest reading on consumer price inflation in the United States was well above 8%. It is conceivable to me that U.S. inflation will hit double digits. And it's important to realize that inflation is not just the United States problem. The Eurozone, the United Kingdom, and Canada, for example, are also seeing multi-decade highs in inflation. After all, supply chain snarls are a global problem. We're all connected with, uh, through this, this network of supply systems and supply chains. You have, a, you have a global problem as partially as a result of the pandemic and other things in one part of the world. You have it to some extent in the other part of the world, and in most parts, at least of the Western world, it's contributing to multi-decade highs in inflation. In the U.S., tight labor markets and inflation are generating a surge in wages and compensation, not just wages, but wages and benefits, a compensation surge. Fears of a wage price spiral that smacks of the 1970s and early 1980s uh, have been motivating faster and more urgent action by the Fed. Fed Chair Jay Powell has indicated that the Fed intends to get more aggressive than anyone thought in fighting inflation. Financial markets, partially as a result, have been reacting negatively to the Fed risk and to the tapestry of risks throughout the global economy. Some of you may remember that uh, my talk, the talk radio team, myself and my talk radio colleagues, reported on Chair Powell's speech to the National Association for Business Economics in March, and we told you firsthand that he turned decidedly more determined to raise interest rates quickly to stomp out the, uh, this inflation. That's good in one sense but it certainly creates a difficult risk, particularly short-term, for economic growth. The global picture, getting down to the specifics of manufacturing, let me point out one thing that is very important to remember right now. About roughly 65% of United States manufacturing output, of goods that are produced in the domestic U.S. manufacturing base, about 65% of them are sold outside of the United States. Thus, there are two things that worry 
me greatly. Rising interest rates and global have uncertainty are putting unwelcome upward pressure on the dollar. Upward pressure on the dollar means that the uh, the dollar cost of a U.S. made good is more expensive outside of the U.S. Even if uh, the producer has done a wonderful job of keeping things lean, keeping costs low, the dollar rise automatically gives them a cost, a competitive disadvantage in selling their good outside of the United States. So the dollar rise is making things price difficult, and. The outlook for global growth is slow, has slowed down dramatically. The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, is forecasting a significant slowdown in global economic growth. Take these together, a rising dollar into a slowing global economy, and you have a very difficult situation for um, U.S. manufacturers. Strained by war, and every part of the world is, is seeing great stresses. Strained by war and high oil prices, euro aerial growth is expected to weaken to 2.8% in 2022 from 5.3% in 2021, and then weaken further to 2.3% in 2023. What about China? China has been, everybody is thinking about the COVID situation, and that is very difficult, but China has been, it's important to understand that China has been in a long-term economic slowdown for more than a decade right now. And of course, the, 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 the draconian COVID lockdowns have made things worse. Chinese, Chinese economic growth is projected to slow from 8% in 2021 to 4.4% in 2022. Those who follow China who sell into China probably never thought that they would see a forecast of sub-5% growth in the Chinese economy. But, uh, you know, a confluence of forces have made that very real, and it is certainly a, a significant problem for many manufacturing supply chains. What about the chances of the United States recession? Much talked about general issue amidst all this difficulty. Well, the, we, we, we have reason to worry because of a, a flattening yield curve. Now, for those who may be less than familiar with this, the yield curve is the difference between um, interest rates on longer-dated maturities, let's just say the 10-year, and shorter-dated maturities, let's say the 2-year. Normally, it's upward sloping. You normally have a higher interest rate on a longer-dated bond because the, because the purchaser of the bond, who's essentially the lender, is um, taking a bigger risk by per, uh, lending out money for a longer period of time. That's the normal case. When it inverts, which is an abnormal situation, it has been a pretty good leading indicator of recession, although with varying time lag, sometimes two months, sometimes two years. But it's nonetheless a concern to see um, an inverted yield curve. And while it's not absolutely dispositive of an imminent recession in the United States, it is just one more thing amidst this tapestry of risks that we all have to pay close attention to. Now, re while recession remains, therefore, only a risk for now, most um, economic forecasters 
are predicting a significant slowdown, if nothing else, a significant slowdown in U.S. GDP during 2022. We will soon get the first quarter GDP growth. I'm going to put it on my comments on LinkedIn. That's very important for the outlook, very important for a manufacturing factoring. So what do I see for the near term? Well, supply chain instability and inflation instability, in my view, will be with us for 2022. Inflation is going to remain a problem and a worry for the rest of this year, and supply chain concerns and dislocations and frustrations are unfortunately going to be with us for the rest of this year. If nothing else, those lockdowns in China, which are hop, uh, you know, putting a, a, a crimp on, on the normal uh, activity in key centers like Shanghai, are, uh, you know, almost a guarantee that global supply chains are going to remain troubled. Troubled. I think there is a non-trivial risk of a U.S. recession by the end of this year, about 40%. And I'll admit that's higher than most forecasters, but I don't think a lot of forecasters are, are, are considering the global picture uh, enough. So I'm going to put a 40% chance of uh, some kind of U.S. recession showing up in the data by the end of this calendar year, 2022. The war in Ukraine and the downstream impacts of the sanctions that the West have put in Russia add to the risk of a significant global slowdown. So let me, therefore, put all this together and repeat my headline. All of this suggests to me that there is a distinct and growing possibility of a downturn in United States manufacturing growth during the second half of this year, of 2022. Doesn't look it right now. Right, right now, we've seen pretty healthy demand data, but there are there are so many risks that it's hard not to at least call the risk of a downturn in the U.S. manufacturing sector coming fairly soon. Let Let me finish um, in in a way that I think is is important to business people. We all have to swim through these very difficult waters these days. Boy, boy, I tell you, when we thought that um, we thought that. When COVID started abating, that at least we'll have gotten through that crisis. But it's you know, but all, all that's happened is that the the network of global crisis, the tapestry of global crisis, just got bigger. It, it's expanded. So we are you know swimming through some rough waters. We will get through them. We will get through this period. What what, what is all this going to do to the years coming? To uh, to what to what the economic landscape is going to look like? after this very historic, very odd period. Well, first of all, I, I think Russia-Ukraine is going to certainly impact defense spending in the West. Defense spending is, is going to get once more onto a Cold War posture, and that we will be talking about that on the show. I'm going to try to get guests on this show, but that is going to have impacts on um, certain parts of, of manufacturing, certain manufacturing industries, certain parts of the manufacturing supply chain, we will explore that. Generally speaking, there's going to be supply chain realignments. There may be, in some countries, supply chains become more regionalized. Supply chains become more digitized. There's something or other that's going to change about supply chains because Right now, nobody is satisfied with anything to do with their supply chains, and I think we're at least going to see, 
going to see going to see a different world in terms of supply chains. Clearly, we're going to get into a period of higher interest rates. But nominal interest rates have been you know, the interest rates not accounting for inflation. That is, have been falling since the early 1980s. We've been in a long stretch of falling um, bond yields. That's going to change. We're going to start to see higher interest rates. China is no longer a booming story. We, are, we have been seeing and will continue to see a structural slowdown in China because apart from all of the, the crises of the day, China has been burdened by terrible demographics. It has a rapidly aging population. Its property sector is not imploding, but it's at least consolidating. Um, there are just a number of things that are, are making, uh, the, you know, the long-term view of China less favorable than a lot of people understand. So China is going to become a not just a short-term, but a long-term slowdown story of great importance to a number of industries, a number of manufacturing supply chains. There's going to be, uh, and coming down to your companies and to other companies, uh, as we know, one of the things that COVID is, has done and will continue to do is that there are dramatically changed relationships between employers and the workforce, the whole issue of working from home, the whole issue of wages, the whole issue of, of work conditions, work relationships has, you know, this has been a, a, a revolutionary time for us, partially spurred by COVID, but not entirely, and I think that whole workforce, uh, you know, uh, employer relationship is going to continue to sort of evolve in ways that may surprise a lot of people. As for COVID, it's going to remain a significant global challenge. China is showing us right now. Less so in the United States, very fortunately. The COVID risk is smaller in the United States, but uh, I think at least for a while it's going to be a frustratingly persistent risk. This is Cliff Waldman saying we will see you next time. I'm going to continue to follow the data. I'm concerned about the stability of of U.S. manufacturing output, and we'll be following all this very carefully for you. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.